Don't sit. All right. This is the Big Kid Show. I am Mr. B, and thank you for kicking it with us, even if it's just for a little bit. With me on the playground today, we got Big Nick and Marcus the Goler Goldberg, and today we'll be playing Top 3. Thank you, boys and girls. We welcome and appreciate your applause. All right, we're playing Top 3. Here's some general parameters. Each big kid will name and explain to you our top three choices in the chosen topic, and we'll each introduce them to you in the ever-popular three, two, one fashion. So today's topic is top three 90s sports movies. Oh, yeah. And because our research team is a great job, we actually had so many awesome picks for 90s sports movies, we had to limit the window. We're going to go early 90s sports movies. So we're going to go from 1990 to 1994. Mm-hmm. Half a century. There, I mean, decade. Yes, Mark. Mark knows his time frame. So, again, we are covering our top three sports movies from 1990 to 1994. The 90s was packed with awesome sports movies. Whether you liked intense drama, the kid-friendly feel-good movie, or the hilarious goofball sports comedy, the 90s had them all, and we're here to give you our top three. So, boys and girls, let's call a timeout. Pull the starters. Put in the backups and prepare for a game-winning two-minute drill. And let's get into our top three sports movies of the 1990s, which be more specific, 90 to 94. Mm -hmm. Marcus, you have the athletic prowess of an NFL punter, so you start us off. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's impressive. That's not bad, right? I mean, Pat McAfee was a quite athlete, so. Right. Those guys make like a million dollars a year. That's a compliment. I'm going to pump my chest out a little bit here. I wish I had a bank account of an NFL punter, but, you know, we'll, we'll sell. If you did, can I borrow some money? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How's it going, gentlemen? Definitely. Uh, I love this topic. Like this, this yeah, right? as doing research, it was, it was so much fun to go back and kind of relive the movie. Some of these I haven't seen in a while. Some of them I have, but, um, but it was fun to go through this exercise. So for number three, I will kick off with a movie that, probably has as much to do with its impact on me as it did with the movie itself being good, if that makes sense. So Hmm. this movie came out in 1992. I was 11 years old. It was kind of the sweet spot of right before teenage years. And this movie was called The Mighty Ducks. Hmm. Now, I grew up. Quack, 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 quack. Now, I grew up down the street from a minor league hockey arena, so I had already started to go to some Cincinnati Cyclones games. Um, It was within walking distance from my house. The tickets were cheap. There was a lot of fights. Minor league hockey is one of the greatest events you can see live. (laughs) And this movie came out and just completely solidified my love for hockey. And I absolutely love hockey. So if you haven't seen this movie, shame on you, but I'll give you a summary anyway. Um, So Gordon Bombay gets arrested for arrested for drunk driving because it's a Disney movie, of course. Um, (laughs) And he must coach a kid's hockey team for his community service. (laughs) Which is a very odd Community service punishment, but okay. And before I even go further in the summary, it's interesting to read about this stuff because I read that actually they had a much darker role for Gordon Bombay um, 
than what it ended up being because Disney kind of stepped in and was like, no dice. Let's, let's keep this a little more kid friendly. But he, his name is actually um, brought off of two different spirits. Obviously, Bombay Sapphire uh, being one of those. So interesting little side note. But, uh, but he was a, a hockey player himself. He's not eager to return to hockey. It's kind of a sore spot. Um, he's got a former coach, Jack Riley, played by Lane Smith, who was awesome. Um, and then Gordon kind of grows to appreciate his team and, you know, it includes one of his shining stars, Charlie Conway, not Charlie's Chocolate Factory, Charlie Conway. And uh, he leads them to take on his former coach and their player, the Hawks. So this one had a budget of 10 million, grossed 50 million. Um, and I, I think this was one that was a surprise to even Emilio Estevez as to how popular it became. I mean, it led to the actual NHL team, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. So, you know, obviously when a movie has that kind of impact, you know, it definitely tells you something. There were some interesting things with who was offered the role. Uh, so obviously Emilio Estevez ended up playing Gordon Bombay. Um, his brother, Charlie Sheen was offered first before Chaz uh, Sheen. Chaz Sheen. That would and have been interesting. A gentleman we've done a dedicated episode to was also offered this job role, but was deemed too old. One William Murray. Really? So Bill Murray was considered for this role, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so, you know, but um, it, it's kind of interesting for the, for the uh, Charlie Conway, Joshua Jackson ended up playing him. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio auditioned for the role of Charlie Conway, but was not given the role because he so, sucked at ice skating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but I do remember watching this movie. So, like I said, I, I was a hockey fan. This kind of really got solidified two left it for feet. me. <laughs> Mike Madano of the then Minnesota North Stars and Dallas Stars actually is in the movie. One of two players coming off the ice. Because the team goes to a game uh, and they yep. go to a practice ahead of time, and those guys are walking off the ice. And to me, Mike Madonna was kind of, he was my favorite player, but he was a little under the radar. So the fact that he actually was in the movie to me was amazing. Um, I, th- I thought that too. That's awesome point because yeah, he. I don't think he'd gotten to full famousness yet, and I was like, exactly. I was like, I know Mike Madonna. I love that guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, and just a few favorite scenes from the movie, like the first scene where he pulls up in the limo and the kids are all you know on the ice and they're like banging on the glass of his limo. Um, when they go to the NHL game, I think the original scenes of Bombay as a kid. Um, you know, the pressure that was put on him as a young kid, and they really do a good job of setting up his, um, you know, his, the reason he feels the way he does about hockey, you know, they did a really great job for that. Um, I love the scenes where he went and met with the, uh, the president of his firm, uh, his law firm, Mr. Duckworth and Adam. Yeah. He ends up quacking quack, quack, Mr. Duckworth. Quack, quack, quack. Um, and obviously the flying V. So a lot of good moments, but it was a feel good movie. And obviously it hit me in the sweet spot as an 11 year old. Um, just a, it was a great movie and, uh, probably one I'll, you know, end up watching with my kids as well. So, well, plus when we, I, when I played roller hockey back then, I'd be like, I'm about to triple deke you son. Triple deke. That's right. Right. No, that was, that's an awesome film. And you're right. It came out right in that time of pre-teen for, yep. for you and I, at least, where, I mean, I, we were playing roller hockey a lot, and it just was like the exact yep. timing of, oh, my God, this is perfect. Hockey, yeah. it's kind of, again, it was geared towards more of a kid's family-friendly film. 
Um, I love the pick, buddy. I love the Mighty Ducks. I got to say one thing to everybody out there in listener land. If you are at work and you're going to Google Triple Deke, make sure you get the spelling correct. <laughs> All right. Make sure you, you want to double check that spelling before oh, you yeah. punch that into your work. Big, big Nick has been fired from multiple jobs for Googling the Triple Dick. <laughs> it's, it's an embarrassing <laughs> meeting. It's an embarrassing <laughs> meeting to have to sit on the other side of that. I meant I've triple got an interesting Deke. IT story for a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, well played, Big Nick. Oh, spell check that shit. Oh, all right. The Mighty Duck for coming in at number three for marcus and it went in hard and happening if your little nickname was the goalie goldberg so i exactly i I didn't even know you're gonna pick that so see a good point mr b just to continuously point out i'm sure our long-term listeners know but we have no idea what each other pick as we go through these options so so it's a complete surprise so the fact that you picked that as my nickname i thought was very fitting and i thought you'd appreciate that i just picked it because i know you played a lot of goalie uh as a kid in uh, street hockey so yep there we go so big nick you're number three good sir well i picked a movie that came out in 1992 as well. Uh, it took like about me. 40 million bucks to make this movie, and it brought in a little over 132 mil at the box. I'm talking about A League of Their Own, ah. a movie that we've discussed. We've discussed this plenty of times on the show, so I don't think it's any surprise that it ended up on one of our lists, if not more than one of our lists. So we shall see. Yeah. But uh, for those of you that didn't pay uh, any of it toward any of that 132 million. Uh, here's what this movie's about. It's a fictionalized account of a real life all American girls professional baseball league. And that's right. That's the AAGPBL for those of you that like letters it. over words, kind of. Would you call me? <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Penny Marshall. And uh, it's an all star cast. It's Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, Laura Petty, and Rosie O'Donnell. Um, really you know, what's interesting about this one to me, it, it's for me, especially when I was younger and, and I, I guess I shouldn't say, especially when I was younger, even still to this day, but I, back in the day when I watched more movies in the movie theater, it, it seemed to really close off the real world. And you're really in their world for that hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is when you're in the theater. Mm-hmm. And for me, I always wanted movies to, is it, eat? is it? Invoke or evoke? I, who knows? Nobody knows the English evoke. language anymore. Evoke. There we go. <laughs> you want? I want a movie to evoke emotion, right? Uh, and any kind of emotion, whether it be stress, sadness, good, happy. And this is a feel-good movie from start to finish. It's funny. It's got the right amount of drama. But interestingly enough, it's the same team, the same crew, the same director that put together the movie Big. And both of these movies are just kind of fun, feel good Tom Hanks movies. And Is it really, it's the same, yeah, same, same director and same crew, and same so big or kid same, research team on it, same team. Yeah. So I don't know if all the grips were the same and every lighting guy yeah. was the same. Who knows? But uh, it follows the movie follows the story of the great Rockford Peaches baseball team. And one thing that I found interesting looking back on this is. You know, I can picture the movie poster right now, and it has, of course, Tom Hanks, it has uh, Gina Davis, and it has Madonna. But really, to me, the movie focuses in on Dorothy Dottie Henson, who's the catcher, which is Gina Davis, and Kit Keller, who is the pitcher, who's played by Laura Petty, 
or yeah. so it, those two to me seem to be the the majority portion of the story now you think of kind of all these people coming in from their different worlds to form this peaches rockford peaches baseball team they all come in from different backgrounds and what have you and i started to think and you know we we have uh, jimmy dugan who's played by tom hanks and he's got his whole backstory but this is a movie too. You could, I would like to see them do like a Quentin Tarantino version where you have like the three <laughs> stories that are completely different and then they all mesh together at the end. They're all tied up the together. So, the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was odd that, uh, Gina Davis is only one of three on the movie poster when that, when Laura Petty, who was of course a, a much lesser known, uh, actress at the time, uh, she had some other big roles, uh, uh, Point Break is one of them, and um, but yeah, yeah. So that uh, fantastic movie, and obviously everybody else thought so because it made a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think it, that's one that I don't know how historically accurate it is to a T, but as far as the overall premise, there's definitely historical accuracy of mm-hmm. the men leaving for World War II and the women stepping in to basically fill the game of baseball and. I think it does a really good job of amplifying a how much shit they took. You know what I mean? As a part of because if you remember in the beginning when it first kicks off, they're all like, "Oh, this is fake." They all come yeah, in to laugh. Girls can't play baseball. They put them in skirts, and you know, and there's some badass chicks in that in that movie, man. And you know, I I got a daughter, so I'm like, "Oh yeah, the chicks can kick ass." But I think. The, the strong personalities. Gina Davis just knocks it out of the park in that movie. And Tom yeah. Hanks is amazing. We've talked about Tom Hanks. Um, and the, the picture as well, Laura Petty. I mean, I think there's so many good actresses in that. Um, and then the way Tom Hanks kind of manages it on top of it. There's so many good pieces. That one was on my list literally probably five times before we got to the show as my number three because it's that good of a movie. Yes. I struggled to number three like I normally do, so we'll go through my 37 honorable mentions, but I'm really <laughs> glad I made your list, Big Nick. Quality choice. Well, and I love the baseball team name, the Rockford Peaches. In fact, I voted over 30 times for the Washington football team to adopt that name. The Washington <laughs> Peaches uh, is what I think we should call the football team. And they, and they didn't take it. That's just no, they, It's shocking. It's, I know that peaches don't grow oh, maybe man, so well in D.C., mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> I love the pick. Again, great movie. We've talked about it with the Tom Hanks, though. Awesome, awesome sports pick. A league of their own for Big Nick. All right. So as we move on to Mr. B for my number three pick of sports movies from 1990-94, I'm going with a film released in September of 1991, Necessary Roughness. Oh, oh wow! I didn't even have that on my list. How did Me I neither. About that movie it slipped slipped through the big Nick what? area. So a this one, movie. and I, I after doing some research, I think it was Scott something Bacula. that yeah, Scott Bakula plays the quarterback. I mean, I'll get into some of the people in, but it's a film of so it's this it's this college sports uh, college football team that um, for years dominated, and then they were forced to like basically relinquish all their titles because it determined that they were paying players and they were given it's actually loosely based off there's a like the death penalty rule 
a Southern Methodist University football SMU, team. SMU, yeah. yeah. They got the death so, penalty. So it's loosely based off that, you know, all these players being paid. So this, the film starts with this football team that they have like no players because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't recruit. No one would want to go to the school. So they literally were a football team that played both ways. I mean, like they had like 22 people <laughs> on the team. Um, and then it shows them kind of going through all the process and dealing with, you know, starting from scratch. Um, but it stars, I know Mark's favorite actor and comedian, Sinbad, happens to be in this yes. film. Yes. We hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, little doggy, you about to get fixed. Uh, yes. Jason Bateman's in the film. Oh, Robert, yeah. Robert Loja plays a coach. Scott Robert Macula. Loja. And then, if you guys, who played the kicker? Do you guys remember? Kathy Ireland. Kathy God Ireland. bless Kathy her. Oh, <laughs> Kathy Ireland. The badass chick. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't know why. It's just a film that stuck with me. I think they showed it like a ton on HBO around, like after it got released. So I feel like we had HBO at that time for some reason. And I probably watched it like 20 times. I don't know. But I love Necessary Roughness. It's. It's, even there's some funny scenes when they're like trying to get the team ready, so they practice with a local prison. Yeah, and there's, and there's a bunch of like that's, NFL, smart. that's smart. There's a there's a bunch of NFL stars that were involved in that. Like, um, I'm trying to research team jacked up my notes, so I don't know who was, but there's a bunch of coffee on it. There's a bunch of NFL players that were on this team, and the NFL players, like the prison team, just beats the shit out of them, and yeah. Like even one of the scenes where the guys like I think I swallowed somebody's finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't who was the huge Hawaiian dude that was like a freaking house. I'm pretty sure he well, played center. Was he Samoan? Played defensive yes. tackle. So guy. his his name in real life is Peter Tuasalosopopa. Okay, uh, and he, he played Laikai the Slender Manumana. Manu Manumana. Manu, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that guy. He was and, awesome. and, like the last scene. He's like he's like Mr. Blake. They will not touch you. They will and, not touch and you. And like Did you not guy, get goosebumps when you watch oh, that part? And the, this one guy is running to sack him, and he hits him so hard he knocks oh. his face mask off. <laughs> so Dude, just, what a it, great choice, Mister B. Yeah, oh, I man. mean, did Beautiful. it get a lot of did it get a lot of accolades? No, but it was a great movie. And again, I just I love the theme about it. I love the feel about it. It was Texas football. And Scott Bakula. Side awesome. note. He was also like a 35 year old freshman playing football. Like they brought him back in. So it was kind of like that whole other narrative. So yeah. remember, he walks in the classroom and they think he's the professor. And he's like, no, I'm here. I'm here to, for the classes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's never too late to trace to chase your dreams. And I'll tell you what, Kathy Ireland, you know, right. But listen to this. Not only is she stunningly gorgeous. Her net worth is estimated to be about five hundred million dollars. Five hundred million now, because she owns the Kathy Ireland clothing line that's been extremely oh, wow. successful. And and, up to, and, and and Big Nick looks really good in it too. Up yeah, to Nick's uh, like this, the new spring line is really fascinating. Really shows up, up to, up to twenty twelve <laughs> had sold over two billion dollars worth of product. And that was 2012, and they're still around today. And guess what? You can check out their new spring line at www.kathyireland.com. We don't get paid for that. Tell well, them Big and, Nick sent you. Yeah, and I, re- I, re- I remember, like, right around that time, I had a Kathy Ireland poster, like, in my bedroom. Oh, did you like, now? She's wearing football yeah. pants. 
No, she was wearing probably less than football pants. Well, but. I didn't mean your poster. I meant. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, necessary roughness. It, it may not choice. be. It may not be a critic's gem, but I don't care. That's a great movie, and that's my number three pick for 1990 to 1994 sports movie. Love it. I love it. Let's kick it back to Mark for his number dose. Number dose. Well, let me just say, gentlemen, before I uh, drop the deuce here, that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the 90s had to be the pinnacle of sports movies, like legitimately, because if you just look through the list, like when we first did this, I was like, we could probably do a top three of every two years in the 90s. It's, there's that many good movies. Well, I think but, all, th- all three of our movies were released so far in late 90 late 91 early 92 already yeah so yeah so well, i'm gonna break the trend a little just stretch it to oh, 93. Well, right. math stretch is hard 93 we'll call it three year three year difference but uh this one came out in 93 cost seven million to make it only made 30 million at the box office so it wasn't like a huge huge hit yeah but over tripled their money so well, they, they didn't do bad this movie Again, like, so just to, to re-specify this, a lot of my mindset with this is not as much how I feel about it today. Of course, that factors in. It's 90s mark and how I felt about the movies at the time, right? I mean, that's what I really tried to drive home. So with this one, baseball had to be kicked off in my mind because we had the Reds. We went to the uh, the World Series in the 90s, so there was already some playoff or some baseball excitement in Cincinnati. And this movie, The Sandlot, yes. really helped to drive the baseball theme for me. And this movie is, I saw somebody call this movie the Christmas story of summertime. It's basically like a Christmas story for summertime. And that's like a perfect way to put this because this movie, so it was partly autobiographical. Um, it was inspired in part by the co-writer, director, David Mickey Evans' brother. Um, so there's some older kids who wouldn't let him play baseball with them and they lost the ball over the wall. He thought he'd get on their good side and retrieve it. And there literally was a giant dog named Hercules on the other side that bit him. So, Hercules, Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> so um, it was originally called Boys of Summer. They changed yep. that. Um, but there's so many good scenes in this movie. Like the one-liners. I mean, hell, I got a t-shirt that says, you're killing me, Smalls, yep. in my closet that is not even, it doesn't have a picture of the sand line. It has nothing to do with it. But you just wear that shirt and people are like, oh, yeah, you're killing yep. me, Smalls. I love that. Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, 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 you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. And then, of course, when I had a kid, I got a smaller shirt and put Smalls on it. And that's who it was coming. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, I mean, so many different good scenes in this. Um, so, Wendy was partly based on a girl that Evans remembered from his oh, childhood. Oh, wait, hang on, you mean Wendy Peppercorn. Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> <laughs> So she was uh, based off of a girl named Bunny, I guess, that was a a lifeguard. Um, And then you had the Beast, so Hercules, who was an English Mastiff, who was in part played by a puppet, which took two people to operate. 
Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, and then um, there, <laughs> there's a scene where Smalls and Hercules make friends at the end, and they basically <laughs> smeared baby food all over Smalls' face and then had the dog lick it off. Um, there's the scene with the chewing tobacco at the carnival. So one of the kids steals chewing tobacco from his dad or whoever. They never really specify. Big chief. Yep, big chief. And all the kids end up eating it. The funny thing is, so they made it out of licorice and bacon bits, which just sounds disgusting anyway. Yeah, that'd make you throw up anyways. Yeah, I'm not a big black licorice, but I guess it did so many takes that it actually literally made the kids sick. (laughs) So (laughs) that's actually pretty funny. But then they made the the vomit, for anybody who's curious, out of uh, split pea soup, baked beans, oatmeal, water, and gelatin. So if you ever need to make homemade vomit, there you go. I just gave you a recipe. Um, Thanks for and that then tip. the iconic scene of the machine that they built, they went over the fence and they're like, close catapult, <laughs> it closes <laughs> it. And then they try to launch it and the dog ends up catching the ball. Um, and then the last scene, this one to me was just hilarious. So again, this was 93. So I was like 12 and you know, maybe 13 when I saw this. So squints, remember when he was drowning, quote unquote, and he comes out and Wendy Peppercorn starts giving giving him CPR. And they're all like, oh, my God. And it get, the music gets serious. It's like close up on the kid's face. It's like, come on. Come on, Squins. Come you on, You look man. like a dead fish. <laughs> oh, my God. It looks like a dead fish. And then all of a sudden, he just cracks his eyes open. Big grin at the guys. And then immediately, they're all like, huh? <laughs> and immediately closes his eyes and she comes back in and he gives her a kiss. Oh, dude, it was it was beautiful, man. That was uh that well, was a pretty awesome scene. <laughs> and with our awesome research team, so the uh apparently the director had to tell Squints, the actor, he's like, during the scene, you keep your tongue in your mouth. You understand. Like <laughs> yeah. they had it because I apparently when like uh, the person that played Wendy Peppercorn was there. Like the whole, all the kids are like, uh, that's a super attractive girl. We're going to have a tough time with this. So this, the director <laughs> had to be like very clear, like don't try to French kiss this girl when we're doing the scene. Yep. Remember even when they're in the pool and she's like, she doesn't know what he's doing. She's like, she knows exactly what she's doing. <laughs> I, be I've a been, gentleman. He's like, be I've been swimming gentleman. here my whole adult life. <laughs> i love so, saying a lot that's an awesome pick bud uh super yeah. classic movie and and the one last I'll, I'll end it on this note so anybody who knows or is familiar with squints um if you've ever heard of a rapper and mr b i think i've let you, you see this before if you ever heard of a rapper called logic pretty popular rapper uh-huh he basically creates a video where it's him and Eminem in the video. And the, the name of the song is called homicide. Go look up that music video because in the music video, they actually hire quote unquote doubles to play logic and Eminem in the video. Eminem is Chris Dahlia is who plays him in the video and logic is a spitting image of squints and he calls squints and squints is like, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. I'm you ready. Have, son. You have to watch that music video and get ready to laugh your freaking ass off. So dynamite, I'll end it on that info. Note. Yeah, no, Hey, yeah, amazing. So shout great out, pick. shout out to logic for that uh, killer. Yeah. Track. Great. Put drop the squints in there. on the, 
thing. And he looks identical. Squint still looks the same. He's got that that freaking un you know super recognizable grin. It was good stuff. So Sandlot, awesome movie. Boom. Love Sandlot. Boom. Boom. Big, big Nick, you're number two, bud. Let's go. Number two for me, and this one might uh, might surprise everyone because I don't know. Maybe I'm the only person that watched it because it had a budget <laughs> of $17 million and unfortunately only brought in a little over four at the mm. box office. This, too, is from 1992, and I love this movie. Why? Because it's got sports. It's got comedy. It's got drama. It's based drama. on a 1978 novel. The Digstown Ringers, and I'm talking about the movie Digstown. It stars James Woods, <laughs> Louis Gossett Jr., Bruce Dern, Heather Graham, and Oliver Platt. Wow, Heather Graham must have been young in that movie. Digstown. I have not seen that movie, Big Nick. It's a boxing uh, movie. It's a yeah, big, it's okay. it's a boxing movie. And it's uh so Louis Gossett Jr. plays Honey Roy Palmer, who in the movie, he's 48 years old. He's like this ymca he works at the ymca or something and they set up this bet uh with bruce dern's character james woods and oliver platt's characters they're like con men on the road and they come into this digs town that is like a known town for boxing like it's got a long history of of boxing history and so bruce dern's this very wealthy man and they're all kind of drinking, and I forget how it all comes about, but they end up placing this hefty wager that Lewis Gossett Jr.'s character can knock out 10 fighters in one day. Wow. That he will fight all 10 of them and knock them out in the ring, in, in legitimate-style boxing ring, and under boxing rules, and knock out 10 men in one day. Because I think... In the history of this town, there was a famous boxer that maybe even they named the town after, like his last name was Diggs or something, and he was famous for knocking out four guys in one day. And wow. so this is how this whole thing kind of comes about. And Lewis Gossett Jr., I love him. He's, he's an incredible actor. He's been in a, an amazing amount of movies, and he was perfect for this role. I mean, he looked the part. He played the part. He was the part. Uh, and so, again, it was not a super hit, but it was certainly a hit. The Big Nick household. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, one of my favorites, obviously, as it is my number two. See, and that's one that I watched, but I watched it like very close when it came out. So I'm I'm blanking on a lot of the scenes, unfortunately. But um, I always I love boxing films just in general. I mean, I I don't know why I like boxing films and I like football and basketball films. So just that's my thing. So the conditions of the bet to hone in on it a little bit more, because I think that's what makes the the movie so neat to me is that one day is straight up 24 hours. He has 24 full hours to beat and knock out 10 guys. And he's this old school fighter. And of course he's past his prime a little over the hill, baby. And the fighters, the 10 fighters all have to be quote unquote digs town fighters. So they have to be from the general area. They anywhere in the County, like uh, the cities surrounding that city, digs town anywhere in that County. So they, of course, Bruce Dern, it's like a hundred thousand dollar wager and Bruce Dern doesn't want to lose and the con men want to win. So the con men are trying to rig things up for their guy, honey, Roy Palmer to knock out these 10 dudes. And Bruce Dern is trying to like, he's bringing in guys from like prison 
to fight. Uh, <laughs> it, like, yeah, it's like one of those old school, early nineties, rough them up fight movies. You know, he's yeah. bringing in, well, he's bringing in well-known boxers, but it, it doesn't have to just be boxers. Like I said, he's bringing in the local bad boy or the bar brawler and guys from prison yeah. to try to take this dude out. So, uh, so is it, it's actual knockouts. He can't just beat him. He actually, actually has to knock him out. I I probably have not seen this movie since the nineties, and I I okay, do okay. I do believe that it was knockout. That it's not just beat them. That he has to I mean, knock them out. Ten dudes, like yeah, what kind of physical shape do you have to be in to pull that off? Yeah, that's a lot of work. Hey, yeah. this is a, <laughs> another movie that that shows you it's never too late to ch- chase your dreams, right? That's and right. oh, hey. and you said Heather Graham must have been young. Uh, I I've always been a James Woods fan, and. Um, he started dating Heather Graham after the filming of this movie, maybe before yeah. the end of the filming. Little, little, little age gap there, huh? He was 44, approximately 44, maybe 45 at the time. And Heather Graham was a spry 22. God wow. bless America. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well, on that note. <laughs> hey. All right. James Aust- Wood. Yeah. Awesome Wood for Digstown for Big Nick. All right, so let's let's transition to my number dose here. Drop it on us, Mr. B. 1990, 1994 sports movies. I'm going to go with a film released in February, 94, starring Mr. Nick Nolte. Oh! Mr. Shaquille O'Neal. We're going to go with Blue Chips. Honorable mention of mine. You guys have already hit two of them. I love it. And so... If you haven't seen this movie, shame on you. Shame. <laughs> it's shame. so it's about a, co- a college sports program that has been struggling, and so you have some of the friends of the program that are like, "Hey, I can help you get some of these players." Because the key is to recruit the players. So they recruit Shaquille O'Neal, who's played or he plays a uh, Neon Boudou. Um, Anthony Har- Anthony Penny Hardaway, who actually, if you remember, they turned out to be teammates for the on the Orlando Magic. Um, Ricky Rowe, who's played by Matt Nover, uh, they recruit all these players, they win, but ultimately it turns out that Nick Nolte's like, well, was it worth it? I have these great players, but I sold my soul to get them. Yep. So it's kind of that whole, you know, what's what's it, what's the cost to win? Um, is and it, it's something that he's against the whole time. Like yeah, a lot he doesn't of the, really like it, but then he okay's it because it's kind of like this line of, you know, if I can't put up a good team, am I going to get fired? So, you know, I, I don't know. I just I love the story. I think it, it probably touches on a lot of nerves of re- realistic college yeah. basketball recruiting, um, in terms of especially what these players want and what they want to, to come to your school. I mean, it's hey, I'm. I'm a great high school athlete. I don't, I'm not going to come there for a free scholarship. I want a duffel bag with a hundred thousand dollars, you know, or I want wants a new car and I want a tractor or I want something, but, um, I just, I get right, a tractor. I forgot about, yeah, about the guy. I love, I love basketball movies. I love Nick Nolte. I mean, I just, I love a lot of Nick Nolte films. Um, plus at the, the 90s time, was it, his sweet spot too. Yeah. He, and in 94, if you remember, that was like the Shaq hysteria. I mean, Shaq was this massive man that was in college. I don't even know if he was professional yet when this came out, or if he was. He just, I don't. Do you guys remember when he got drafted? I'm not sure. So, so I I love the the cast of this movie. 
from top to bottom. And mainly, I love the the stars that come from the world of professional and collegiate basketball. So Nick Nolte is the coach. Larry Bird is in the movie. Yep, Larry uh, Bird. Also, Bobby Knight. Bobby um, Knight. Bobby Knight's in there. There's a couple other players. Rick Patino. Bobby Hurley. Isn't Bobby Hurley? Kevin Garnett, Alan Houston, Dick Vitale, uh, Bobby Hurley, George Lynch. Rick Kevin yeah. Garnett's in that? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of like cameo scenes and stuff. Too so Kevin Shaq Garnett drafted ninety two. Yeah, so okay, Kevin so. Garnett would have been sixteen when they filmed this movie, roughly sixteen. Wow. So because Kevin Garnett was drafted number five overall in nineteen ninety five. Now. Yeah. We also forgot Calbert Chaney was also in the movie. Because oh, yes. Good call. What we have is we have, what were they called? Western University is Nick Nolte's team that has Shaq and Penny Hardaway and, yep. uh, and the, the other the guys. Western, the Western University Dolphins. And they are going to be facing the number one team in the country, which is Indiana. So, of course, they have Bobby Knight, who is the coach of Indiana, <clears throat> playing himself, basically, a fictionalized version of himself. And Calbert Chaney was one of his players at that time. So, yeah, you had Shaq drafted number one overall in 1992. Then in the 93 draft from this movie, you have Penny Hardaway drafted third by the Warriors traded to the Magic. You have Calbert Chaney drafted six overall to the Washington Bullets. That's back when, you know, the uh, crime was running crazy in Washington, D.C., and we decided, <laughs> hey, let's change the name of the team uh, from Bullets. Uh, Bob Hurley, who was drafted seventh overall to the Sacramento Kings, Allen Houston, 11th overall to the Pistons, and George Lynch, uh, number 12 to the Lakers. As said, Kevin Garnett went fifth in the 95 uh, draft. Yeah, thanks for that update, buddy. Yeah, you get the research team's <laughs> on it, but I know I love college basketball films. I again did it get a lot of accolades from uh, the people that review films. No, it actually didn't do well. But I mean, it, it was a budget of thirty-five million. At least what I have is box office was only like twenty-six million. But I think I think I might have seen this in the theater, and I I just I. The, the sh- I loved Shaq at the time. I just thought it was like he was a cool person, a, a huge yeah. size. He had just a little bit of swagger to him. I mean, remember when he's playing the street ball, like when he first, when Nick Nolte first goes out to see him, and you're like, just, oh my goodness, that dude dunking the crap out of the ball. Yeah, I mean, he's seven foot one, three hundred pounds. I mean, it's just, yeah. and he could move. I mean, so it was really awesome. Now, was he a great actor? Not particularly, but. Um, <laughs> But he wasn't yeah. horrible either, you know. I like I, no. I do feel like he did a decent enough job to at least sell it. He, he sold the part. You're talking about a high school kid that probably is a little awkward anyway, especially if it's a dude that's seven one and three hundred pounds. I mean, you well, he would what, he would have been done with LSU by that time. Yeah, so he'd already been drafted for he'd been pro for what? No, I know, but I mean the role, the role that he was belt. playing. Yeah, he's play, playing a, a college a high kid. school senior. Yeah, you know you're, I mean? you're correct. Yeah, yeah. so. No, oh, hey, my my pick for number two, Quality. blue chips. Um, it's worth a watch, and there you go. Well, I'll just kind of expand on that because my number one pick is blue chips. Um, oh, and Nick, blue chips, really big Nick. It is, and I'll tell you why because it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier, Mark. It's it's about Nick. Big Nick in 1994 when the movie came yeah. out. I Definitely. too, like Smith, I was uh, Mr. B. I was taken back by 
uh, Shaq. I, I loved Shaq. I still got a Shaq poster on my wall downstairs. Um, he's, he's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. Um, the other thing that I love, I love that there were all these basketball players and some of them I knew at the time and some of them I didn't know. This came for me really at the height of my love for NBA. And when I was really getting into, I was really into college basketball at the time, but really only Big Ten and ACC. So it was so cool that they put the Indiana Hoosiers basketball team in there with Bobby Knight and Calbert Chaney. These are people that I already knew before seeing the movie. Now I'll drop a little uh, some fun factoids here for you. Oh, so Blue Chips was filmed in several locations, but one of those locations was French Lick, Indiana. Now French Lick, Indiana is the hometown of Larry Bird, who plays. Plays a scene with Nick Nolte, and the scene takes place at an outdoor basketball court. And this is the actual outdoor court at Larry Bird's home. Yes, it's the wow. it's the same court that was used in a Converse television commercial in 1984, starring Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. If you remember, if you watch the uh, Magic versus Bird or Bird versus Magic, I can't remember what it's titled. It, is, it might be a 30 for 30. It might, it's one of those ESPN deals. And if you watch that documentary, which is a, a fabulous documentary, I, one of my favorites, I'm going off of memory here, guys, but I believe at the time, because the two were so competitive and they were playing on the two best teams in the NBA and they competed against each other in college as well, they didn't really like each other at the time when they were going to film that Converse commercial in 1984. And I think Converse is like, well, look, you both are signed with us. We're doing this commercial. And I think the Bird, money. Yeah, I think Bird said, I think both of them may have said, no, we, we're not doing this commercial together. And oh, I don't wow. I don't know if it was Bird or and I don't know if it was Magic. Magic is kind of up for anything. Uh, especially if the, the lights are bright and the cameras are on. But yeah. Bird said, all right, we'll, we'll do the commercial together, but we film it at my house on my basketball court. And, <laughs> and you know, Magic Johnson, he's like, all right, that sounds good. So um, the, the another interesting thing was that Nick Nolte actually shadowed Bob Knight during many of his games in the 1992 season to research his role. Or and, that was a that was a free way for him to get courtside seats, <laughs> right? Right. And I, I'm going nice. to need to shadow you for because because that was when the peak of Indiana basketball. If you remember, they were really great in the '90s, weren't they? I don't I don't know if I would say the peak because aren't they the only undefeated team in in the history of college basketball? And they did that before 1994. Good but, point. Maybe not the peak, uh, but but they were really good. They were, in the 90s. They were extremely yeah. relevant. They're really good. So Bob Knight was the coach of the Indian Hoosiers for 29 seasons. And as a player, he won an NCAA championship with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yep. I believe that was 1960. Now, in the movie, in the film, he appears as himself, obviously, but he has no scripted lines, zero scripted lines in the movie, <laughs> which may, he's like Jack Nicholson. Probably his request. <laughs> well, and also, I, right. I mean, if, if you, <laughs> you don't if tell you get- Bob Knight what to say. Yeah. You get around some of these coaches, they're like larger than life. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't compare it to Bobby Knight, but uh, the former UC basketball coach, Bobby Huggins, I've been around just like briefly. And like, he's just a a figure. Like he's an intimidating an enigma. Person. Yeah. Like actually, I 
I think I was working at Montgomery Inn when I ran into him. Uh, and and I was like, this ooh, dude is like fancy. He's like bigger than life. I mean, just it's, it was kind of like weird to even like see him. Like he just commanded the room. So and he's a yeah, pretty big dude anyway. I don't know about uh, Bob Knight if he was a. a I think he's also a pretty well, big guy. He probably yeah. he was. Wait, so. did you say? Did you say Huggins? Yeah, yeah Bobby Huggins. It, I can't. Is he the one that they built the bar in his? The university built a bar in his basement for him that they they actually supply a bartender because. Well, I, I can't I think comment he got on that. Some, I don't know. <laughs> he's, got, he's, got, he's, got, he's gotten himself in a little bit of legal trouble. But right. I, I think I heard a rumor that the university put not only put a bar in his basement because he's like, no, I have to go. I can't drink at home. I have to go to the bar. And they're like, well, we'll put a bar in your basement and we will staff it with a bartender well, at your beck and call. I can only confirm that I think he may have received at least one driving under the influence, but I don't know. Yeah. No, that's hey, so, an awesome, awesome choice. So, so number one for you, Big Nick, and number two for Mister B. I'm so happy you got you guys picked that because that was definitely another one that um, that I had issues. Like some of these, like were kind of painful to leave off my list. So, right, I, I, and especially because we're kind of in the sweet spot of when we were in our, you know, early teens, and movies just were like awesome. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that we both had that. So, Mark, let's. Oh, go ahead, buddy. And this one, just the last point. So this one to me also, so I would have been again like 13. It was a little bit of an eye opener of like, yeah. oh, this happens in sports. Like yeah. you kind of started to see this, like the, how the, the hot dogs made a little bit, you know what <laughs> I mean? How you're the like, sausage is made. Yeah. Well, you're like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I never would have thought that. ESPN's gr- not telling me about that. <laughs> I grew no. up pretty naive and I, I was yeah. a believer because at a young age you know watching hulk hogan i believe that you success these athletes got and found their success through hard work perseverance saying your prayers taking your vitamins doing your exercises (laughs) praying to god you know pledge allegiance to the flag all that good stuff you fight for your country yeah and and it was right around this time about a year or so before this movie came out that i was slowly starting to realize i'm coming of age and i'm realizing not all these athletes are good guys and oh not all the coaches are either, and maybe some of the owners are pretty pretty weird as well. Yeah. And it's a business. and then you right, and then you you get a little bit older, and you're like, oh my god, this is going on in college as well. And this yeah. movie was perfect, I I think, for the timing. And it's sad that it didn't do very well because I do think it's a very good movie, and I think it it really kind of portrayed what was going on, or at least what some people speculated was going on in our country. And one reason why I think it may not have done as well is early '90s. You got to keep in mind, basketball was not a huge worldwide sport like it is today. And so this movie may have been a little bit ahead of its time. Consider this. This movie comes out in 94. We, the NBA had not even expanded to Canada by this point. Yeah. The, the two yeah. Canadian teams, the Raptors True. and the Grizzlies, didn't start until 95. Good. Good and so it, it was a movie that was only going to hit here, and unfortunately it didn't hit. And now you look back and you're like, wow, look at all these amazing basketball superstars that were in this movie. And and I feel bad because I left out a bunch of others that were collegiate greats, uh, be it coaches or, or players themselves that, uh, sorry, just didn't make my list. I apologize. 
Yeah. Well, and I think JT Walsh, who played Happy the Booster, perfect bad guy. The 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 friend of the program. The friend of the program. I love when the bad guy's named Happy too. Happy. No, hey. So hey, Mark, let's move it to you for your number one, buddy. Yeah. And let's see how it goes. All right. So um no pressure. As usual, I will stretch the bounds of the definition of sport, but I think this one falls within the category, so I don't think it's too far of a stretch. What do you but. mean you're stretching it already? So, <laughs> you know me. I like to test the limits of our Stop uh, talking our on rules. It. Oh, I, or, no, or no, Mark, <laughs> well, I, I, I picked seven films for my number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And none of them oh, have to yeah. do with sports. And none of them are sports related. They're all Jurassic Park. So my number one is Hook. Um <laughs> <laughs> Because sometimes you need a hook to play sports. No, so so the movie I picked for number one, made in 1990. Days of Thunder. Yeah. Amazing, amazing movie. Budgeted at 60 million, made 157 million worldwide. Um Anybody who has not seen it, again, these are 90s movies. Come on. What are you doing? Cole Trickle, maybe one of the greatest <laughs> character names of all time. <laughs> Sounds like loosely weird... based off Dick Trickle. Yeah, right. which both sound like weird STDs, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, you might um, want to check with your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Nick you also have... had that in the 90s, but you know, he got it taken care of. So it's have fine. you experienced Cole Trickle? <laughs> if so, please contact your medical provider. Um, so he had a rival, Rowdy Burns, played by Michael Rooker. Um, both of them get injured. Um, they kind of become friends, I guess, you know, as a part of it. Um, but, you know, this is where Tom Cruise meets his future wife of one of however many, Nicole Kidman. Um, and then ultimately go into a showdown in the Daytona 500 with Men in Tights, Russ Wheeler, or uh, yes. you know, Gary Elwes. How do you say his last name? Elwes? I don't know. And it's a weird pronunciation. I don't know, but you butchered the shit out of it. So. <laughs> yeah, it Sorry, Gary. You're no friend of his. Yeah, no friend of his. But uh, so this movie is loosely based off of everybody thinks it's Dick Trickle. There's a little bit of it, but they said Ooh. it's actually more based off of Tim Richmond, who was known as a fiery uh hard partying ladies man driver and dick um, trickle wasn't <laughs> with a name like that so this movie to me um there's a lot of like twists and turns i love how michael rooker or rowdy burns you kind of feel like he's going to be the showdown the whole time and then they kind of introduce a second villain like later on in the movie um and it's just like an awesome mix of action, comedy, drama, um, drama, drama. We'll save the drama for you, mama. It's um, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff. So it's so just some of my favorite scenes. The give me some loving whole montage. Give me some loving. Where he's like, it's basically like when he very first starts racing, and it's a montage of like five or six different things, and. There's a scene where in in that Rowdy Burns slams into him and he's like, he's slamming into me. And uh, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Um, the, the pit crew, man. I can't believe I'm actually forgetting this. Um, 
Anyway, he goes, <laughs> no, no, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing, son, is racing. Okay, I'm going to pull this rookie's chain. Cole, you're wandering all over the track. Yeah, well, the son of a bitch just slammed into me. No, he didn't slam into you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing, son, is racing. That's a classic line from the Rub, movie. Rubbin's racing. It Rubbin's is. racing. So there's that one. Uh, as he's going around the, uh, you know, the the way he he gets slammed into he slams into a wall. He's like, there goes the fender. Slams into another driver. There goes the quarter panel. And uh, he comes back into the pit. And he's like, I want you to go out there and I want you to hit the pace car. He's like, hit the pace car. He's like, yeah, you hit every other damn thing out there. I want you to be perfect. <laughs> Get out there. <laughs> and it, it, it's funny because it reminds me a little bit of like, I mean, when Tom Cruise did Top Gun, like he was this reckless pilot. Now he's this reckless NASCAR driver a little bit, you know, exactly. like in, ter- in terms of just like carefree and I'm going to smash shit up and. Yeah, and it's funny because like there's some guys that you really wouldn't think would fit the role. Like so, you've got Randy Quaid who plays um, the kind of sales pitchy guy that kind of yep. helps get him onto a team. You've got your boy, Mister B, John C. Riley, and he looks he looks crew. the same always. He's forty <laughs> years old, whether it be ninety two or two thousand twenty two. He's forty years old. Never changes. Harry Hogg, Robert Duvall. That's who I was talking about. Man, I can't believe it. Harry Hogg. Harry Hogg. What a great name. <laughs> There's the scene where Tom Cruise gets in and was, races for the actually, first time. Side note, I think that was Nick's nickname in high school. Yeah. Don't Google <laughs> that at work either. <laughs> if you Google that, you will also maybe get fired. You will be fired. That's going to be an awkward meeting. Go ahead, Mark. Immediately. Um, it's the first time he gets out and races, and they talk Rowdy into letting him take his around the track, and they don't even know if the dude can drive. And he's like, I'm dropping the hammer. And he's like, oh, no, you won't. And he does, and it's badass. Uh, you've got Cole beating Rowdy on the outside. The balls don't have the boy to pass me on the outside. There's so many good scenes. The crash scene is super epic, right? He tries yeah. to go through the smoke. Um, yeah. And then you've got the two hilarious scenes with Rowdy. The first one, do you guys remember the wheelchair racing scene? Oh, yeah, the racing in the hospital. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> they funny. They pull up next to each other and like Tom Cruise hits the wheels once to try and get him a couple steps out in advance. It all of a sudden turns into a full-blown wheelchair race. Yeah. Oh, epic. And then they both go rent cars and it turns into a car rental race where they're like smashing up these car rentals. Yeah. What are you going to do? Two NASCAR guys. You're going to smash the shit out of those cars. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. So last couple. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the movie obviously at least did well enough that I remember at uh, Kings Island, which is an amusement park here in Cincinnati. They actually had a, a Days of Thunder ride. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if yep. you guys ever have been on it. It was, it was awesome. Yep. It was kind of fun. Like it was more of like you're in a seat, and then it was like a, a video huge. screen in front of you. Yeah, but yeah. it was. Kind of, I mean, I loved the movie. So when I of course wrote it, I was like, "Wow, that was awesome!" It felt like you were actually yeah. in a NASCAR, and it was jerking you around and kicks the seat back when he floors oh, yeah. it. So yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of like a, a pre VR kind yeah. of experience, yeah. right? Very, 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 very good. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, last a few points. So it's interesting. I read on this one that the racing scenes 
were filmed with the cars going much slower than they normally do. They only went 120 miles an hour. <laughs> so oh, obviously, smart NASCAR. Yeah, you know they're versus, pushing 200. Yeah, yeah, they're usually pushing 200. So that was kind of cool. And then uh, there's a scene where the NASCAR boss, Big John, uh, who's played by Fred Dalton Thompson, he threatens to fire Trickle and Rowdy Burns if they bump each other on the track again and then forces them to dinner again. That was actually based off of a real incident that occurred between Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't know that looking into it. But um but Days of Thunder, amazing movie. Like I said, action, comedy, uh, dra- drama, as Big Nick would say. Drama. You need. Very, How very would you good say flick. I'll I tell you what. Pick. I, I love the pick, too, and I need to go back and watch it. And, and, Such and here's movie. why. I, I don't think I've seen it since you said it came out, what, 90, 91? 90. Yep. Yeah, it was, okay. it was early 90s. I believe I watched it at my uncle's house. Uh, I, I remember watching it at somebody's house. It was a great movie. I, I've always loved with, with NASCAR the, the, I mean, the title is Days of Thunder, the sound of the rear, rear, rear of the cars coming by. And uh, I remember I collected a lot of the, the little cars yeah. uh, that came out shortly after the movie. And I think everybody and their brother Hello, had them. Yellow. Yeah, and I was I was just sitting here trying to think of which ones I had. Maybe I had four or five or six of them. I can't remember, but those were those were certainly cool cars. It was certainly a great movie, and one that now I have to put on my list to go back and rewatch because you're sitting there talking about the movie, telling us different stories. I've remembered like three of those scenes that you mentioned, uh, <laughs> mainly why, the wheelchair one. Boom, that's great. That's why I love these episodes, honestly, because I I get so many good ideas of movies that I want to go back and rewatch or you know tell other people about. So. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good flick, good flick. All right, Mark. So moving on. So we already have Big Nick's number one of Blue Chips. Boom, so, boom, uh, awesome pick. So let's move on to Mr. B's number one, and I'm going to go with maybe the greatest sports film of all time, released October 1993, titled Rudy. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> I, I was wondering if Rudy was going to make it on our, this list. I love. I knew Rudy. you would pick it. You know why? Because you're a hundred and fifty nothing. What is it? Uh, you're five foot nothing, a hundred and fifty nothing, and you and you've hung with the greatest sports team of your life. So, Rudy, again, loosely based off the story of Rudy Rudiger, who was a walk on, played for the um, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, as the years have progressed, the film has been shot down in a lot of the inaccuracies, which actually hurt me. Oh, really? Yeah. But the film itself, you know, it's a, a film of a kid that, you know, has this goal. He wants to make this team. He works hard. He actually ends up getting into the game. And spoiler alert, at the end of the game, he gets into, he plays like three plays. He sacks a guy. And of course, you know the crowd goes wild. They carry him off the state, off the field. I mean, it's this awesome story of hard what hard work can do you, even if you are a like you said, five foot nothing, a hundred nothing. But you, if you work hard enough, you know you can. So I love that feel for it. Work hard, you can make it. But um, yeah, if you haven't seen Rudy, watch Rudy. It's just a good film. I used to, I used to work with uh certain individuals that were incarcerated and I would show Rudy and all of them would be crying at the end of the film. 
So <laughs> this is like one of the only the films that can consistently makes me cry at the end of the film. When he stacks the guy, I just tear up every Crying time. Crying like a little bitch. I do. I do. No, I I love the pick, man, and I knew somebody would pick it. I, I should I was joking. I didn't know that you would pick it, but I knew it would be picked. I knew it would be on someone's top three. It's it's a fantastic movie, and I remember watching it as a kid, and it does pump you up. It made me feel like, you know what, I gotta go drink my milk and do my schoolwork and pay attention and do what my mom and dad say, and then I could be anything. Like I, I felt like I could run through a wall by the end of that movie. Evoke emotion. Oh, yes, correct. Which is what great sports movies do, really. I mean, they they make us think of the you know the potentially unthinkable, but then you, you need those good ones that motivate you to uh, to run through a wall and drink your milk. Yeah. So Rudy was in 2005. Rudy was named one of the best 25 sports movies of the past 25 years by two different polls by ESPN. Uh, a panel of sports. Experts ranked at number 24, and actual ESPN.com users ranked at number four. Wow. So it's been ranked pretty high in terms of sports films. But unfortunately, you know, uh, so this was stu- this was new to me. Actually, the big kid research team pulled me onto this. So I don't know if you guys knew, the freshman backup quarterback at the time was Joe Montana. Really? Yes. I heard so, he's pretty good at football. He knows what he's doing. So Original Joe Montana, Joe. Uh, you know, a while back, uh, kind of shot down a lot of the things that happened in the film. So, <laughs> so even this is actually a quote from Joe Montana. Was there a lot of things that happened? Yeah. He got in. He got a sack. Was the crowd chanting? No. Did I throw in my jersey? No. Did he get carried <laughs> off the field? He got carried off by the three of the biggest pranksters on the team. So and the he whole, also said, am I going to shat all over the reputation of Rudy yeah, Rudiger? Come on, yes. Joe Montana. You've had, a, you've had a lot of things go your way in your life. Do we need a piss in this guy's Cheerios? Seriously. Well, because I think after the film, years well, I hate later, the 49ers. Rudy Rudiger at, like, did a lot of uh, corporate like speaking. Yeah, like, like I mean, that I think that was kind of his gig was like corporate motivation of hard work and stuff. But yeah. like I, the the whole Rudy Rudy, like the, apparently that never happened. The jersey scene when everyone put their jerseys down and say, "I want Rudy to play in front of me," that didn't happen. Even I think the coach at the time said uh, he was very upset about that scene and even said that if that ever took place, all those players would have been kicked off the team. <laughs> oh come on! This no, is I mean, just sour grapes. Dan Devine. I mean, this is I'm based off our research. This is what I saw. Um, also, it was the movie debut of Vince Vaughn. Really? So there was a scene where, like, they're playing the third string guys, and Vince Vaughn's playing the running back, and Rudy runs around to tackle him, and Vince Vaughn's like, "What the hell? This guy's playing like we're in the Super Bowl." And then the coach is like, that's exactly why you went from the fourth team, third string to the prep team. And that, that was Vince Vaughn. Like it was like a short, like 30 nice. second scene. Breaking out. So this is interesting. I'm starting to think that everything 
Notre Dame football is all just a sham, right? Everything we've ever been taught, the what, the four horsemen, the win one for the Gipper, maybe none of this stuff ever happened. <laughs> maybe it's all folklore. Right. Maybe they don't even really have a national title. So I, I don't, you know, is does football G- touchdown shot Jesus fired, exist? I don't know. Fired. I don't know. I question everything Notre Dame at this point. <laughs> maybe. But yeah. What, the, what about the kid that got catfished? Did that really happen? What was oh, that yeah. kid's Monte name? Teo? Yeah. yeah. Come on, Monte. Did that even happen, buddy? But yeah, the one on. thing that I guess hurt me the most, because I get I love the film. It gets me fired up was when like the when they got carried off the field and Joe Montana's claiming he's like, no, he was carried off the field by like as a joke. Like, yeah. I mean, so that kind of like in the film, of course, they present as like, hey, this guy worked hard, he got a sack. And they're like, no, he was carried off the field by huge pranksters, and it was just a sarcastic kind of it thing. Makes you wonder, like, why would you say that? A and then B, like, just do a little sly smile and be like, yeah, maybe. You know, you don't have to shit on the guy. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe little... Joe, Mo- maybe Joe Montana was just pissy that day. Who knows? But yeah, maybe he had a bad I mean, day. Yeah. Like, I did I mean, get I, a sack and help your football team win the game. Yeah, exactly. right. Well, they, they they are already winning the game. They put oh. him in after it was the game was over, and he just happened to sack the quarterback. And um, but again, the film itself I love as my top sports movie from nineteen ninety four. Just it fires me up. It's like about hard work. I mean, they left off so many facts about Rudy <laughs> Rudiger's life. So if you guys remember in the film, he uh, you know, he's working at the iron mill. And then he decides he wants to go to college. Well, they left off a big chunk that he actually joined uh, the armed forces for four years. <laughs> wow. So so if Seems you guys rem- you remember the whole thing about him like trying to pay for college, well, the yeah. GI Bill would have paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, that's why they had to leave that part out because, yeah. Well, so let me ask you this. After you show this very inspirational movie that evokes emotion to these incarcerated individuals, and they all start bawling their eyes out, as you're shutting the movie off, do you look at them and go, yeah, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. No, because this was before I knew a lot of this stuff. (laughs) But it's it's a story of hard work. I mean, even if if the story is fabricated, right? Broody is a story of it's it's hard work. It's chasing your dreams. It's fighting adversary, adversity, and anniversary. You know, yeah, anniversary. Whatever you want to fight. It's, Maybe it was it's his great. fight. Everything. Yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> so, Broody's my number one. I love Good that choice. movie. Um, I I recommend everybody watch it, and especially even little kids to adults. It's just a story of. I mean, work hard. Work hard for your goals, man. Do it. Get out America. there. And sack, get out there and sack somebody. Get out there and sack somebody. Yeah, I love that movie. That's assault, brother. Yeah. <laughs> You're five to ten. <laughs> no, it's a solid choice. Very good. You guys got nothing? I mean, I thought Rudy was going to jack you up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> jacked up right now. I'm about to go run over there and sack Nick right in the face. Oh, All right. man. Hey, just, hey, simmer down I, now. So simmer. Rudy's one I haven't seen since the first time I saw it, actually. Right. So I think that's one I need to put on my list to uh, to read. Dude, your movie list is like forty deep, dude. You're never gonna catch up. <laughs> well, one day when I get in that car accident, I got a lot of time to kill. <laughs> well, don't do that, man. We want to, we want you to be full and whole, not when I get hit by up. a bus. Then I got some time to and, kill. I'll uh, 
Pop some streaming on. <laughs> I do really enjoy Joe Montana. So, Joe, if you're out there listening, uh, you know, those were just jokes. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. I hope you hope you laughed along here. But uh, I'm with Mark. I haven't seen this movie since the first time I've seen it. And I was raised by a man that insisted that I do not like the Notre Dame fighting Irish football team. Um, and I, I'm, I'm raised Catholic and we, uh, in my household despise the, uh, golden domers. I don't, don't know <laughs> exactly where it stems from. Um, but, uh, I was, at, I want to punch Rudy in the face. <laughs> I was at the, the football game at the Ohio state when Eddie George put almost like 200 yards on those guys. Uh, and Ooh. just, just, he nice. single-handedly beat that team. Him and the offensive line alone beat uh, Notre Dame that day. But uh, well, it, it's still a good pick, my friend. Thank That's you. And uh, last little comment here. So, in reality, Coach Dan Devine was actually very supportive of Rudy. So, the film, they kind of painted as the coach. was like, eh, I don't want to put this guy in. But he was like, no, he actually, he's the one that opted to put him in, not all the other stuff that painted in the film. And I think that was the issue Dan Devine had with the film itself. He's like, oh, you guys are making me seem like a dick here. Um, because I was like, no. I, but he even said, uh, actually, I saw with our, with our research team, uh, he considered Rudy a friend, so he volunteered to play the villain in the film so the movie could get made. Yeah. So that's my number one pick. Rudy, I love it. Watch it. It'll get Good you choice, jacked Mr. up. Smith. It'll make... Inmates and small children cry. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you need? All right, hey, let's let's recap before we get out of here, boys. So, Mark, his number three went with the Mighty Ducks. Number two, what? the Sandlot, and number one, Days of Thunder. That is a solid that's, list. That's Big Nick, solid. a league of their own. Number two, Digstown. Number one, Blue Chips. Mister B. Number three, Necessary Roughness. Number two, Blue Chips. Number one, Rudy. Ooh. Gentlemen, I, well, actually, don't even have to ask Mark, how many of your 45 uh, honorable I'll mentions? I'll let you boys go first. I was going to say, Mark's got 99 honorable mentions. In, I'm going to go last uh, so I can see if you guys days can of thunder. Yeah. Uh, so my honorable mentions, uh, one thing I found interesting is Point Break comes up as a sports movie on some some people. Yeah. Yeah. There's what an argument this? if it's a sports movie or not, just like Die Hard is it a Christmas what, movie. With the surfing, yeah. yeah. So I, I actually lean on the side that it's a a bank robbery movie that happens to have surfing in it. And just because they play tackle football on the beach with Keanu Reeves is uh, Johnny Utah from the Ohio state Buckeyes. Uh, that doesn't make it a sports movie either. So th that one doesn't make my honorable mentions, but little giants, uh, I would say makes my yes. honorable mentions. Uh, I love Rick Moranis. Uh, this is little kids playing football. It's got uh, the dude Ed, from Ed, uh, Ed, Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, thank you. And I also really enjoyed the program with uh, who James Kahn, uh, the the ESU uh, college football team. That was an interesting movie. I really liked that one. And, and and it's it's my favorite character in the the program was the linebacker. But the one thing I love about Adamore. yeah, the one thing I love about a lot of these football movies, especially the older ones. 
they are all kind of doing the same thing, right? With uh, with unnecessary roughness, and then uh, mo- other movies from other time frames that we didn't discuss do the same thing, where they're always piecing the football team together in front of your very eyes, right? For the most part, and mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, you know, like the offense and the defense, and you fall in love with with all the players and their roles and their key- and how they help the team win under what seems like uh, you know impossible scenarios. So I love football movies and. I was I was a little surprised that I didn't actually have a football movie in my top three. But hey, this is the sandbox. This is the parameters that we chose to play within this week. Right. Hard knocks before hard knocks. So, yeah. So my only honor mention, which was uh, two that uh, uh, Marcus, the goalie Goldberg picked was uh, actually had the Mighty Ducks and Sandlot as my close numbers four and five. So nice. Um, nice. I mean, I love the Sandlot and I love my ducks, so I'm glad you brought those up. But yeah, it was a tight, tight, tight fit, and, and, and that's why we obviously broke this up from 1990 to 94, and then we're obviously going to do 95 to 99 very, yeah. very soon. Absolutely. So I had six honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Luckily, right. you guys right. buckle up. You guys took up. three of them, so you took oh, League okay. of Their Own, the program, and Blue Chips. So those are knocked off. Um, probably the the last of the honorable mentions would have been Rookie of the Year because that was a good movie <laughs> when I was a kid. But White Man Can't Jump, I thought that was a great movie that uh, right? didn't make the list. And then, how did you guys not? How did none of us include? Cool Runnings. So Cool Runnings oh, was yeah. a very close one on my list too. And yes. I I actually battled Amazing with that. Movie. So um, thank you for bringing that up, buddy. Absolutely. So that's that's my three <laughs> that I had on top. So oh, good, good hey. show, gentlemen. I enjoyed that. Gentlemen, any last comments before we close it off? Yeah, I need I to get out of here. Of I need to get out of here. I'm going to get uh, two espressos and a triple deke. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Just don't Google that. So, hey, yeah. <laughs> boys and girls, thank you for listening to us. We certainly appreciate it. Check us out. Look at us. Follow us on. Look at us. Don't look at <laughs> us. Look at us. Look at us. Don't look, look at, at us. Look at you. Look at me. Hey, look at who. We're out. Hey, look at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a little follow. Give look us a little like. Us. Give us a little five-star review. Big Nick. Who are you looking at? Yeah, look at Big Nick. All right. We are... Big Kid Show. Thank you. See you.